Hellraiser Judgment is the 10th film in the franchise, and with this entry we're back to a police investigation narrative. I could be wrong, but I've got a sneaking suspicion that the makers of Judgment have maybe, perhaps, potentially encountered David Fincher's 7. This is the last Hellraiser before the 2022 reboot, so let's get it out of the way and finally be rid of these terrible direct-to-video sequels. Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight, I am Peter and I'm joined as always by Tim. Howdy. Of course we've been working through the Hellraiser franchise now. I think we started this, believe it or not, in October 2017. No, 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 that's not right, it was 2018, not 2017. <laughs> 2018. I, I believe that's when we started the Hellraiser franchise, so this has been a four-year journey <laughs> <laughs> through wow. the ten entries I mean, to be fair, the reason why it's been four years is because you, know, you were off for like nine months sure. <laughs> with, with, <laughs> with paternity leave. So mm -hmm. that did extend it a little bit. But mm -hmm. um, we are working through them. The great first film, the decent second film. I will stick up for the, you know, not, not good necessarily, but a fun B movie of a third movie. Yeah. And then... You know, it starts to go off the rails quite a bit <laughs> at that point. I know you're a bit more defensive of four than most, but then when it's you not get... a good movie by any means, but I think it still retains some of that fun B movie charm that you know you want in that uh you know uh later day sequel. But yeah, I'm not gonna say it's good by any stretch. Yeah, yeah, you know, opinions vary. But then you get to five, and it's like, okay, now you're Oof. just in. You're you're Oof. in. I don't know, our own version of Vietnam, I think. Yeah. <laughs> this is okay. what I described this franchise. Uh, it has been misery after misery. Uh, so, yeah, so this is a horror movie podcast, in case I, I don't think I said that this time. Uh, we went straight into to rambling about things. Um, we're going to have a Hellraiser Judgment, which is the 10th, and until next month, the current latest entry in the Hellraiser franchise. It came out in 2018, if you can believe that or not, which is the year mm -hmm. we started going through the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> so this comes after a long line of sequels, many of which were not written as Hellraiser movies and just had Pinhead shoehorned in at some point yep. to, to be mm -hmm. Hellraiser movies. This one, I assume, was written as a Hellraiser movie because it feels like it might have been but i mean if you told me it was like shifted from a different script or something i wouldn't argue with you either yeah um yeah i don't know i yeah i don't, I don't see a lot of to, well i i guess maybe it, it has influence of like the later hellraiser sequels but it doesn't feel very hellraiser -y to me in terms of like the first movie <laughs> oh no i i completely agree that's the weird thing about it it feels like it's taken the lessons from the later sequels which were all yeah. technically not hellraiser <laughs> movies until they shoved pinhead in them so all the bad cop stuff that we got from particularly five uh, six and seven yeah. uh you know there's, there's a bit of that in this one so uh there's no mm -hmm. doug bradley as pinhead again mm -hmm. um he was offered the role I read on Wikipedia that he turned it down because they wouldn't let him read the script without signing an NDA. <laughs> and he, he refused to, to do that, so... Uh, Good for you, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like reading a script for a movie that you might be in production or might be in line to mm -hmm. be involved with, I feel like there's naturally always an NDA with that because they don't want spoilers yeah. to leak, so... Mm -hmm. On the one hand, like I'm like, yeah, sh you know, screw this stupid movie. I, I guess mm -hmm. the point here maybe is that he wanted to read the script to see if it was good before he agreed, mm -hmm. 
and they wouldn't let yeah. him do that. I think really is what happened <laughs> there. Because uh, I feel like, you know, the actors aren't supposed to leak details of scripts and things that sure, they're, yeah. they're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, uh, that, that, the, the setup for this one is... Uh, it's Obviously, it's, it's, it's got a pretty batshit ending, which we'll obviously talk about in spoilers. We'll still start spoiler-free, mm-hmm. as, we, as we always do, for those of you who care about spoilers for the 10th <laughs> Hellraiser movie. It's got this weird kind of... I mean, the, the, the title, Judgment, I'll, I'll give it this. The title actually is more relevant to the plot on this occasion because sure. <laughs> there is kind of like a a, a, a judge and jury and kind of like... <laughs> you know, there's a trial of sorts that happens mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in the premise, uh, which is this house that people are drawn to in which this other like character from hell or somewhere else is sort of carrying this out and pinhead's just kind of around doing stuff and we kind of see this process at the start of the movie we see it sort of then factor into the main plot as the movie goes on but the actual main plot that we're following with the main characters is that there's a serial killer going around called the perceptor <laughs> which is a terrible name <laughs> Did you, did you roll yeah. your eyes when you heard this name? Because I, I was like, wait, oh, come on. You're, you're, this is this is pathetic. You can't even get a good serial killer name in your low-budget uh, crappy movie. I mean, everything about this feels like um, it's trying so hard to like rip off Seven, mm. even though this came out in like 2018. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's a lot of like Seven like, Deadly Sin kind of parallels. Yeah, yeah. they never use that phrase. They, 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 they talk about like... Uh, the sins of the Bible or something like that. You know, they, they, they never, yeah. they, that's basically what it is. So, like, everything just feels like... Like, it's very derivative and taken from other, like, really bad, like, you know, uh, cop kind of thriller things or, like, you know, maybe horror uh, cop dramas or whatever. And then... But it really just feels so cookie-cutter. Like, they just take, you know, very easy ideas and then just, like, replace names and stuff uh like yeah in that case like you know it, it seems like that would be something that like a crappy like daytime tv show like would name their serial killer like the yeah dumbest like first idea name that they can think of the other thing i'd say about this as well is that it's very try hard when it comes to trying to be shocking with the, some of the disgusting and gory stuff that happens we'll save mm-hmm. it for spoilers as to what it actually is but it just does there's like a series of events in the first 15 minutes that left me kind of shocked, not because I was appalled by it, but because I just couldn't believe how desperate it felt to try and be shocking <laughs> and like, oh, look at us, we're crazy horror movies and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it felt really just, felt just a little pathetic. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it was disgusting. There was random just nudity thrown in to try and mm-hmm. make it kind of like risky and sexy at the same time. Which you know, just uh, it kind of just you imagine the mentality of the people behind it, and you know, like we want boobs, we want boobs for some reason in this scene, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I mean, it's probably an obvious answer, but I mean, I always ask, so I'll, I'll ask it anyway. Tim, uh, how did you feel about uh, ju- uh, Judgment Day? I mean, Hellraiser Judgment. <laughs> uh no yeah i did not like it uh at all Um, uh yeah so i think i actually tried uh to watch it before 
like uh when it first came out because if i remember correctly um i think i heard on some podcasts or some people talking online that like people are saying like yo this is actually kind of interesting and it's a a little better than some of the later you know hellraiser sequels so i was like kind of uh intrigued um i mean i may it. i may technically agree with that statement but i mean the bar is so freaking low that it's not <laughs> yeah no i mean that that's very true especially like i feel like the last couple of ones were just like oof, like really rough i i, I will say definitively um, this is better than nine this is better than the last one yeah oh yeah without a doubt uh, like i will say there i don't think it's a good movie at all but there is a degree of competency <laughs> I uh, couldn't even say that word. But, the, the irony um, of not being able to pronounce that <laughs> word is is wonderful. Um, but like, yeah, it's uh, like uh, there is a level in the filmmaking that it's like okay, like at least this feels slightly more like a you know real film uh, than yeah, like the last one, which felt so so low budget, and I mean this one's low budget as well, but uh. You know, at at least uh, you know it is a, a little more uh, like a movie or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean that being said, you know that still can't really you know save it in a lot of uh, regards. Uh, I will say there is some stuff about it that I guess I I, I find a little interesting or intriguing. Um, I don't I wouldn't say it's good. <laughs> like mm-hmm. like there's some stuff like yeah you know, where they're going through kind of like. I guess the bureaucracy and like the way hell works uh, and, and stuff um, <laughs> uh, where like, you know, that stuff, I guess, I don't know. Part of me thinks it's like a little interesting, I, I suppose, but yeah, it doesn't really work <laughs> in, in the movie. And also, you know, that, that stuff is very quickly left aside to, you know, give way to the main, like, police and detective story which is just so goddamn boring and it, it feels so repetitive and derivative like at the point like it, it seems like this is basically like since five onward like these are what these movies have been uh you know at this point where it's always like you know some uh like grizzled you know sad detective who seems like he you know has some type of secret or something is like you know eating away at him and then uh yeah there's you know these dumb weird sequences with demons and stuff and uh i I just find the main story to be so boring uh the performances feel very lackluster like um the dialogue and everything just feels like you know someone was just watching like a you know cable cop show or something and just like being like okay this is how yeah like a a detective Mm. would talk to each other yeah like if i i think when you said like try hard earlier um that was a good description for it like it feels like it it is trying really hard on uh you know at every level to you know like be like a serious like you know thought-provoking drama and stuff when it just yeah it really isn't (laughs) yeah it's 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 trying really hard without any of the talent to actually make you or understand why any of it works in other movies so yeah. It, it's just this pale imitation of lots of other things yeah i yeah the, the, the whole like cop thing where like your lead cops maybe got a darker side to him and he's having these dreams of cenobites and like these like weird hallucination moments it's very five and six you know is this mm-hmm. what my mind immediately went to when that stuff started happening 
Um, what I will say about it, my one positive, is that it is, like the last one, pretty short. It's 80 minutes, and then once you take off the That's credits, fair. you know, mm-hmm. you're basically done at 75 minutes in, because there's five minutes of credits at the end, so it's yeah. like, alright, done, dusted, alright, on to, on to things. Now, admittedly, I do feel like there's a lot of plot elements in it that are rushed. Not that I'm saying I mm-hmm. want a longer version of this movie, but... You know, For sure. <laughs> I, I can critique that, but be thankful that at its current quality, it's nice and short. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, um, I, I will uh, take some, some solace in that. I mean, the guy who plays Pinhead here, he's not Doug Bradley, but he's a little better than the last guy. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> at the very least, I think his head's like the right shape. Or closer sure. to the right shape. <laughs> sure, yeah. The last guy had this really weird, like, sort of flat head that just, they just looked weird as pinhead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know. As for, as for anything else, like, the characters are all very undercooked. Uh, there's, like, a sort of three-way dynamic where you're, the two cops that are partners are actually brothers, but then this, this mm-hmm. woman comes in to be the third partner mm-hmm. to help catch the serial killer because the serial killer is, like, you know, killing too many people like they have to put everyone on this to solve the case which means one more person <laughs> in this crappy yeah. little office <laughs> and all of that stuff just kind of feels like it's killing time before the movie gets to the stuff that it wants to get to uh mm-hmm. with the reveals and with what's really going on and and all the other stuff mm-hmm. it, there's not really much momentum or flow to the movie it kind of feels mm-hmm. like the opening 15 minutes are kind of its own little thing and then we go to the serial mm-hmm. killer plot and then we kind of kill time with that. And then there's a section in the middle where we go back to the house that feels, again, what the movie wants to do. And then the mm-hmm. last, like, 15 minutes, which is, okay, here's what the movie's actually wanting to do and say. And that's mm-hmm. it. Then everything else with the cops and investigating the crimes in between just feels like they're going through the motions. Like they're not really that interested in doing any of it, which is why it's so quick and easy. And, mm-hmm. you know, everything that leads to that final confrontation is basically just, oh, like, we found something on a GPS on a phone and it leads us to here and everything's just going to immediately, like, come out. And it doesn't feel like it's there. Yeah. It doesn't feel like we've been building up to it. It doesn't feel this big crescendo of a moment. It just feels like, blah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Now we're done. Yeah. The uh, the reveal of who the killer is, like, might have been one of the most obvious, <laughs> like, reveals <laughs> in, in movies in a, in a long time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's not a lot of positive things to say i mean no. <laughs> you see a few other cenobites uh one of them's like the nemesis looking one that's been there before uh there's like mm-hmm. sort of twin lady cenobites that have got like their their face kind of stapled in the middle if that makes sense mm-hmm. or stitched in the middle perhaps is a better way of putting mm-hmm. that uh that's basically it there's a couple of other character or monstrous characters that aren't cenobites that we'll get into in spoilers mm-hmm. uh which you know, they, they just feel like something they've, they've pulled out of Silent Hill or something like that. We'll, we'll talk feels about... feels very Silent Hilly. Yeah. yeah, what their role is and what their purpose is. Is there anything else I can say without spoilers? Is there anything else I want to say before we start working through it? Because I, I don't know if there is. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. It is very lackluster. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it looks well. Uh, it doesn't... You know, again, the... Um, it's Sorry, but I don't really think the performances are like that great from anyone. No, really. no. <laughs> uh, there's maybe like one or uh, there's maybe like one uh, I guess 
killed, I thought was like okay, but I don't know. <laughs> Everything is very low bar. Like, I, I, really, the only positive I can say is that like it's like well, I mean, I, I guess it's better than the last one. Or well, I definitely would say it's better than the last one. Probably the one before that. Like, but again, those are such low bars that it's like, all right. Well, I mean, it's hard to be as bad as some of these sequels have been. Yeah, I might even say it's better than 5 and 6, and the only reason why I would say that yeah. is because at least the last 10 minutes of this, as much as I don't think it's good, it's stupid, at least it's mm-hmm. swinging for some crazy idea that they've come up with. For sure, yeah. You know, so there's at least something interesting to talk about with the ending, as opposed yeah. to those which were just kind of like, oh, it ends with them getting the main character and that's it, mm-hmm. it's over. You know, like, yeah, that was that was basically just the end of those movies. So, mm-hmm. uh, we should mention there is actually some horror royalty in this movie. Oh. Yes. Did you not notice the name during the opening titles? Hella Lanning Camp from Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, I, I, I don't even think I, I realized that. Yeah, well, obviously she's a lot older now than probably the last time you've mm-hmm. seen her, but she she was the landlady when they're going to like check like uh, the, the perverse okay. apartment. She was the landlady. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, jeez, yeah, I didn't even recognize her. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen her in Athens since New Nightmare, and that was 1994, so... Yeah, was was she in one of these? Was she in another one of these sequels? No, nah, you're thinking of the one. You're thinking of Ashley Lawrence, who was in the original Hellraiser. She was in number six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, she was also in two as well, but that was you know that was more of a proper appearance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can't really think of a yeah anything else I would have seen her in other than you know, like some nightmare stuff. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen Hella Lion Camp in anything but Name in Elm Street one, three, and mm-hmm. seven. I know this, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> interesting uh, at least if I have I don't remember her been anything else but I'm sure she did mm. other stuff I'm sure she was a working actor I'm sure oh, she did sure, other yeah. things but I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else so eh I don't know but I, I thought that was worth mentioning uh, we had some Elm Street royalty yeah. in this uh, which I just Fair just enough. before we got I was I was I, I didn't know about this roughly at the time but I was reading just as because mm. I was looking up the Wikipedia page and I was just like seeing you know the thing about Doug Bradley and turning down the mm-hmm. role is I saw, I was reminded that for a while, because of Freddy vs. Jason, um, Dimension, who had the rights to both, like, Hellraiser and Halloween, were trying to, like, get a, a Michael Pinhead movie going. <laughs> and... That does sound familiar. Like, I remember, those kind of, like, early internet days, I, I feel yeah. like, I'd always see, like, rumors about that kind of stuff. Well, it was in the works before Freddy vs. Jason, and apparently mm-hmm. Dimension decided against it because they assumed Freddy vs. Jason was going to bomb, and it mm-hmm. didn't. It actually did quite well for its budget. And they went, oh shit, maybe we should do this. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know how true this next part is that I read, because this sounds a bit far-fetched, given like his attitude. But apparently mm-hmm. there was even talk of having Carpenter direct it, which I yeah. I will I will <laughs> take that with a grain, yeah. of, you know, grain of salt and all that, because I, I don't really believe that. But... Uh, yeah, so there was a whole whole mm-hmm. idea, but apparently Clive Barker didn't think it was a good idea, and eventually the thing that killed it... <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> the thing that killed it was um, uh, Mustafa Akkad, who was the producer and the owner of Halloween, said mm. no. <laughs> um, <laughs> and part of the reason why he said no was because the online reaction to rumors of this weren't actually that positive. Like Most fans mm-hmm. were like, and eh, these two don't really fit together. Apparently the plot yeah. was... Go- this is what they were going to do with the plot. According to Wikipedia, the plot was going to be that a young Michael Myers 
open the lament configuration. No, I and hate that, it already. <laughs> and that's how um uh what's the demon that they said in six like was involved with them? Sam Hain? Oh oh uh Oh, yeah, yeah, Halloween yeah. 6. I, yeah. I, I thought you were talking about uh, Hellraiser 6. No, I was like, no, I had no ha- idea. <laughs> Halloween 6, right? So, Sam Hain got into him and possessed him through the, the lament configuration when he opened it, and that's what made him Michael Myers the shape. Mm. Yeah, I would have hated that. I mean, at least that part. Like, may- maybe when you've got Michael versus Pinhead later on, maybe there'll be some fun to be had, but I would have yeah. hated that, that retcon of the backstory. <laughs> yeah, if it's like... You know, if it's kind of like an out of continuity, cheesy thing, like uh, maybe you could have some fun with it. But yeah, if it's something that's supposed to be like in the actual backstory or whatever, that's awful. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, I think what you just do is, you, I mean, I mean, you maybe you're just stealing from Freddy vs. Jason a little bit here, but mm-hmm. maybe you just have someone that Michael's after use the box. And then it's like they have to fight over the person. Like, you're like, this is my victim. What's my victim? That seems, <laughs> you know? yeah, the right way to go. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, there's probably more interesting pairings. Like, honestly, Pinhead and Freddy's probably a better pairing to because they're both kind of supernatural. One comes from hell, one's in dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, there's maybe some interesting dynamics at play there. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, can't, I feel like... I, I, I can't imagine the... Uh, like... Cause, even though you know some of the later Halloween movies kind of you know go off into some crazy places, uh, it still feels like you know somewhat of a grounded horror series. Uh, I, I think introducing like you know like these cosmic like demon <laughs> <laughs> torture beings like just really takes away from kind of the simplicity of Michael Myers. For sure, for sure. Uh... You know, and I've said this before. Like, I I hate Halloween six. I don't like Halloween mm-hmm. five. Like, there's there's some bad Halloween movies. Mm-hmm. I think Halloween six is better than every Hellraiser movie after number four. I'm sure. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with that at all. <laughs> I've said this before, but the bar of the bad Halloween sequels, like, feels like in this really comfortable place versus mm-hmm. Hellraiser, where you're just in the pits of some of the worst most boring shit you've the, ever waded through <laughs> well that's the problem with these sequels is they're so boring and dour and like they all just look like shit like that they're not fun to watch like you know the halloween uh, you know i i think a lot of the later halloween sequels are pretty bad but at the same time at least you know they look like actual movies like you well, know, most th- of them are released in theaters most of them are written as halloween movies and then even when they're cheesy and bad, there's, like, fun stuff to, you know, get some joy out of versus this where there's just nothing. I think one of the things you said that was quite poignant is that every Halloween movie was made for a theater release. Every yeah. single one. Hellraiser mm-hmm. after the fourth one. In fact, maybe even after the third one. I don't know when. Maybe the fourth was directed video as well. But it was just directed video like, oh, we can slap a title on it and sell it. To, you know, some unsuspecting people will buy it <laughs> and we'll, yeah, we'll trick it's... them for the money. Yeah, it's so, I don't know, it's so strange to me that it's like, is it that profitable to make these really bad sequels versus, like, let's actually try making something good and, like, releasing it in theaters and stuff? Like, I don't know. I mean, versus that, if it's successful, I I would say the successful good movie is obviously much better. But Mm -hmm. I think for the amount of money they spend on these movies, like, Mm -hmm. what they make from just people who'll buy it because it says Hellraiser is probably profitable enough, which is why they do it. That's Uh, true. 
I also, also the pre- like keeping when I keep the license and all that crap. Yeah, keeping the license. I also suspect there may be some sort of like tax rate off like thing they're doing as oh, well. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> like some sort of like oh, if it doesn't make X amount of money, they get like X amount of back in taxes or something. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I suspect foul play is what I'm saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm still mad that they uh, that they canceled the, uh, you know the the Hell Girl movie with the. Uh, Michael Keaton and uh, Brendan Fraser. Wait, what's this? What are you referencing? <laughs> I was just making a a, a Batgirl joke because uh, you, know, you talk about tax write offs uh, and like you know, people see, say like you know, that's canceled because yeah. I see. I see. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the other thing I noticed here is that apparently after this all fell through the the Halloween crossover, Dimension mm-hmm. went, "Hey, or Lionsgate maybe, hey." We have both Hellraiser and Candyman, and then Clive Barker, who of course created <laughs> both of those things, went and let's not do that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and, okay, all right, we won't do it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, still not a good idea, but I don't know, probably better than Halloween. I, I feel like, I mean, they're both they're both kind of like mythical characters who came in. Yeah, yeah, you know. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but maybe don't cross over everything it's okay if you don't is it? <laughs> yeah I mean it, it's fine to literally not have every IP that you love all hang out together in like mm-hmm. one big giant movie <laughs> yeah like honestly if I'm fighting for one I will say give me Ash versus Jason because mm-hmm. that's fun because it's a hero character who fights deadites mm-hmm. taking on a slasher villain i think and jason's the one you can have some silly fun with i wouldn't do it with michael because michael's mm-hmm. too serious like mm-hmm. but jason's the silly one so you can do it with jason yeah no that would work um you know i i think they kicked around the idea before of um like leprechaun versus Wishmaster, which i actually think <laughs> would be pretty fun <laughs> i bet no one cares about those two franchises so it's all right go on not yourself well, <laughs> just me but yeah <laughs> I, i'd be there in the at the premiere <laughs> i just want Wishmaster to say as you wish to leprechaun yes <laughs> uh all right let's get spoilers maybe then. uh oh. i mean maybe not the best fit but you know yeah, Ash versus Texas Texas Chainsaw Massacre just to get some uh you know dueling chainsaws in there. It really bothers me you said Ash versus Texas Chainsaw Massacre, not Ash versus Leatherface <laughs> like a human being. Like what the hell? <laughs> well, I want him fighting the whole family. That's oh, okay, all right. <laughs> He's fighting the existential idea of a massacre. Yeah, <laughs> by committing a massacre. <laughs> uh, but then you could get like Deadite Leatherface, which could be cool. Yeah, Leatherface is going to look at that arm that's just got a chainsaw attachment and go, oh, he's, he's, he's a cut out the middleman there. The middleman being yeah. his hand. <laughs> I like the sounds of that. Cha- Leatherface is going to turn around and chainsaw off his own hand just to even the playing field because he wants to stick it on his stump. <laughs> so much hope. All right, can you tell that we are, we are, uh, have more interesting mm. things to talk about than Hellraiser <laughs> Judgment? Mm-hmm. That said, though, we're in spoilers now, and there mm. is at least some wacky stuff to talk about at the start of the movie. Uh, the mm-hmm. movie starts... Well, biz- yeah, I mean, we do have to, uh, you know, so we are going to have to pass judgment on this movie, which means, you know, we're going to do it the same way we do it with every review, where we, um, you know, take all of its sins uh, and then have some guy come out and eat them and then vomit them on a bunch of naked ladies. Uh <laughs> Who will tell you uh, if we like the movie or not? 
Tim, you, you're skipping ahead from what I even want to start with. Do you not remember <laughs> the minute-long conversation between Pinhead and like this like uh, demon lawyer, whoever he is? Right? Yeah, they, and they're yeah, talking that's... about how the technology is advanced, so now people's desires are getting darker because they can just fulfill their desires on the internet. Mm-hmm. Mm. Were you were you well, expecting yeah, this to start with Pinhead going, "That damn Pornhub is taking away a lot of my business"? It's <laughs> <laughs> a very good point. Yeah. Uh... I, I wasn't expecting uh, the tenth Hellraiser movie to be so poignant. I was, I know. Uh, <laughs> it's quite shocked. It's like, oh wow, maybe technology really is bad. Yeah, but so yeah, basically they send a letter. That's right. <laughs> they send a letter <laughs> to some guy who turns out to be like a pedophile slash child murderer. Um, not Freddy mm-hmm. Krueger, just in case. <laughs> just in case you were <laughs> going to jump to the conclusion there. Sending a letter, just saying it's like a vague question, saying we know what your desires are. Come to this house. So he goes to this mm-hmm. house. And he sits down, and he, he gets, like, strapped to this chair, and this demon lawyer dude, who is just, who's just a guy with scars all over his face, really, and sunglasses on, but he's basically saying, hey, if you're honest about what you've done wrong in the past, you know, you'll be rewarded. So he's like, oh, yeah, so I, I kidnapped this little girl, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. he sort of confesses all this stuff. And then to sort of, like, give the painful detail of what you just jokingly went through... <laughs> He's written all what this guy said down on paper and mm-hmm. or typed it on the paper and this like fat guy comes in, mm-hmm. he pours some gooey like clear liquid and he says it's the tears of children onto mm-hmm. the paper and then starts shoving <laughs> the paper in his mouth and there's so many mm-hmm. close-ups of his mouth chewing paper and like this like, you know, was supposedly like tears and saliva like Mm-hmm. just sort of bubbling out of his mouth and he's like chomping it is disgusting <laughs> i felt sick mm-hmm. looking at this and hearing this yeah i was kind of hungry <laughs> of course you it. were of course you were and then he then vomits into like a, a container that's over like a sink or something mm-hmm. over at the side of the room which then all the vomit the, the gooey vomit that he's like brought up <laughs> goes through like a tube system into another mm-hmm. room where three uh, everything except panties are naked right so they're, they're, <laughs> it's just three naked women effectively on their knees mm-hmm. they're all missing like patches of skin in their face mm-hmm. but they're all topless they're sitting mm-hmm. in front of basically like a urinal like not like a, a single <laughs> urinal but like you know the, the, the one long metal urinal that you get on some toilets yeah. and that <laughs> like fills like a trowel yes like <laughs> yes so you say we go to the bathroom and we use the trout. <laughs> but uh, this vomit fills up this, and I was like, "Oh, please don't let them eat it." Luckily, they don't eat it, but they just put their all. They all put their hands. They all submerge their hands in the vomit, and then turn to the demon lawyer. Didn't go guilty. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? What? This is just random shit for the sake of random shit. What the, what's going on here? And every so often, it just cuts the pinhead who's in a different room, just sitting on like a throne, just being like, yes, I will judge thee. I will judge. For I am pinhead. I have all the pins. You have no pins. I have all the pins. Uh. Yeah, he needs his like own uh, like Judge Judy <laughs> courtroom show. No, Gary Busey, pet judge. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't know the latest uh, <laughs> references. <laughs> I'm not even done with the weird stuff, though. So so they, they, they mm-hmm. take him and strap him to a table in another room. 
and not and this like the surgeon uh, comes out well no, before that we have the the naked fat woman not not the same naked woman as oh, before yeah. there's fat Jeez, naked women <laughs> who come out and bite off his clothes with their teeth mm-hmm. so he's lying mm-hmm. there butt-ass naked and then you get yeah it's this very like silent hill or like late resident evil style like um like surgeon who comes well not a surgeon i think that's the surgeon's the one who pops out of his back. More than that mm-hmm. in a second. <laughs> we, have, we have this, uh, I don't know what they call him, but it's like a big guy with a big hunchback and he's kind of like, you know, he's got a lot of, all, everything's fake. It's all like a big fake head and like, you know, prosthetics and whatever. And mm-hmm. he's sort of lunging around the room kind of thing. And then when he stops at the edge of the table and turns around, this very athletic sort of woman who's in like a, a black, you know, latex cat suit and a gas mask comes out and has two big circular blades in her hands, and then she finally like slices and dices and kills the guy. Not before, before that, uh, after that rather, she then once he's dead, peels off his skin from the head down until it's just this you know big like soaking wet flappy skin, <laughs> and just drops it to the floor, mm-hmm. and then ends the craziness of the first you know ten minute section of the movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. so yeah this is like extremely like batshit insane um i i will say i don't mind the idea behind it like i i like i think it's interesting the idea of like you know if this is hell or whatever and like you know this is how you know you're you're judged by your sins and, and it's like you know since these are crazy demons they have like a crazy trial process where you know like people are like eating your confession and then like throwing it up and then all this like crazy stuff like that to me like okay i think there is something interesting there but then yeah just the way it's presented it just feels very like over the top but also like still kind of cheap like the the Mm -hmm. guy that like eats the confession or, or whatever like 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 most of the people are you know have some type of makeup or something like that guy was just kind of like kind of just like a, a a guy with like i don't know he was just like a regular guy <laughs> i don't know like why he just looked normal um he was fat i mean that, that's that's what they were going I, for it, it does seem like they were i don't know they're being like a little fat phobic or something but like it did kind of seem to be like this is hell so like yeah look at this person he's big you know it's like okay like so <laughs> um but yeah the, it, it just it it's it looks very bad <laughs> like just like knockoffs of like like they're trying to knock off like you know better things like you're saying like silent hill like it feels like it's very much trying you know to be something like that but just not really pulling it off and they're doing all this by the way because because of technology becoming uh, as they stated at the start more prevalent mm-hmm. and easier for people to fulfill their desires no one's looking for the lament configuration no one's opening it so, so they just have to send letters. Yeah. So now they're sending la- letters and uh, luring the worst of the worst to the house to to get their their pounds of flesh, as it were. So it's like okay, so that's interesting concept. And then obviously mm-hmm. after this, it cuts to like the 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 main plot, right? And I was like, wait, mm-hmm. is, don't tell me that's just a pro. Luckily, it did come into it. Like eventually, one of our mm-hmm. main characters ends up at the house, and it's kind of like okay, it was setting up because it's going to be relevant later. But part of me for a while thought that was just like a almost like a short movie, and then it was going to be ever mm-hmm. like mentioned or relevant again because <laughs> that would not surprise me in one of these Hellraiser sequels to do oh, that. Sure, yeah, it would not surprise me at all. 
Uh, but yeah, we're interested to see your killer, you know, as victims, this woman who comes home and uh, whoever it is jumps out at her. Uh, the cops come and find the crime scene and she, you know, she's got a, the killers put her, her, her very alive dog inside her stomach. Uh, because she kept saying the dog was her baby and so this was kind of a literal so it's a little bit saw oh, she, as well you know it's a little bit saw it, like she she was saying like she has these videos where she was saying like like oh i worship this dog mm. like you know it, it's my god or whatever so then the thing was he's like oh like it's a sin to have any other to worship anything other than god and that's like a yeah. false idol oh for sure no but the stomach thing was specifically the idea she said it was uh, he was her baby oh sure sure yeah yeah so that was the the irony of the, the stomach but Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously the important thing here is the introduction of the two brother cops who are partners which is just you know mm-hmm. very coincidental that they would end up being partners together uh, but... probably seems like not I mean I don't know <laughs> I'm, I'm not in HR but it doesn't seem like a, a, a great idea like seems like um, you know you'd probably be a little too close uh, to each yeah. other if there were two <laughs> PIs who opened a PI business together I'd be like okay that makes some sense yeah Right, but I, I feel like yeah, a police force wouldn't intentionally put two brothers together in a case that, or even just as a as a pair of partners. Yeah, but you know, um, mm-hmm. so it sets up the younger ones, like the smarter one. The older one's got a bit of a temper, and that's basically them. Uh, cop lady shows up when at the crime scene, and she's there to like join forces with them, which sets mm-hmm. up their whole thing. Um. Basically, it starts to connect to the opening when they sort of suspect, like, okay, so who are the perverts and stuff who, who, <laughs> who we're keeping an eye on? Um, First thing a cop always says, who are the perverts? Yeah. Well, because I think it turns out all the victims like either are associated or came from the same school. So it was like, okay, who, mm-hmm. what criminals are related to that school? And the pervert that we had at the start of the movie who was, you know, who got skinned and all the rest of it, he was like caught like staring at the girls at this 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 mm-hmm. posh private school or whatever it was, so they go to this guy's place and obviously he's not there because he's already dead as we know, um, <laughs> but that's where they meet Heather Lion Camp. Uh, it sets them down another path to, to figure things out. The older cop goes back later after he has a really comical scene with his wife actually. There's like a really tropey like generic scene where he goes home. And the wife's pissed that he didn't come home in time for her birthday. And it's like the most, you know, just tropey, angry, married couple, pissed off wife, pissed off husband sort mm-hmm. of shit you've ever seen. Uh, yeah. Which actually, the other thing that made me laugh during this section of the film, and it's not, mm-hmm. this is not weird to have the same type of establishing shot for the same location multiple times, you know, because mm-hmm. it builds familiarity with the police station in this case. It's like, okay. But every time it was the exact same shot, the exact same angle, and what really got to me was how quickly we got, like, four of them, where I swear we got an establishing shot, there was a quick scene in the police station, there was the scene of him going home and talking to his wife, which was maybe a minute long, and then we got the establishing shot of the police station again. It, it, it made me laugh because it was so quick before we got it again. Uh, which may just be indicative of it racing through the plot that it's not interested in doing, and it just wants to get to the good bit, as you know, in their minds which is <laughs> him finding the letter that the guy got. Um, even though the guy never had the letter at home, he found it in the street. <laughs> it just went straight there by the looks of it. But yeah. we'll, we'll know that. We'll know that. So her, mm-hmm. her older cop, uh, which I, I should get a name because he's the main character. Um, mm-hmm. Sean? Uh, I know at least one of them was Sean. 
For sure. Sean and David. I think Sean's the older one, but that'd be okay. Cool. Yeah, that sounds right. But Sean goes to the the place, and sure enough, he immediately gets tied up to the chair, and demon lawyers <laughs> asking him questions. He's like, "When did you first hurt someone?" And he's like, "Well, there was this dog, and I, I kicked it, and I killed it, and it kind of references like he was in like you know he he was in the military or something, so he he killed a lot of people when he was in the military, and they they point out that shit, and uh, as well as um mm-hmm. every so often it cuts to hellraiser or hellraiser it cuts to pinhead just kind of <laughs> smirking or looking bemused yeah. or he's clearly like listening supernaturally mm-hmm. to this interrogation that's happening elsewhere oh. and then yeah this one is like the um like uh, I, I don't know how you describe it but like they are like so like revolted by what he's done is like it's throwing like the whole system in like chaos like yeah the, the fat guy who very much enjoyed eating the previous confession starts to choke on his mm-hmm. confession and mm-hmm. uh he does get strapped to a table but he's able to break free and mm-hmm. he steals one of the, the lament configurations because there's like a whole shelf for them on the, the wall <laughs> and he steals one and teleports out with that seemingly mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, that's that's what they say anyway yeah so the middle portion of the movie is him <laughs> having nightmares of seeing cenobites uh mm-hmm. once when he's having sex with his wife and he ends up freaking out and leaving the house uh once where he just kind of passes out in an alleyway and kind of imagines seeing mm-hmm. some cenobites again and that's kind of it by and large mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot more to it um uh, the case is continuing, like, the others are looking into mm-hmm. it. Uh, the lady cop says she was assigned to this because the, the, the upper people were starting to suspect, you know, or starting to worry about the older brother's behaviour, and she admits this to the younger brother. Yeah. So the younger brother looks into some stuff uh, whilst they're going to check some evidence from the autopsy mm-hmm. of the, the victim at the start of the movie. And this, like, immediately, this, this, we're going to the final now. Like, believe it or not, like, we're already, like, done, pretty much, of all the main plot That's- of the movie. Yeah, I mean, this whole, the, like, all the stuff in hell or, or the house or whatever, uh, it's so crazy, but at least it is kind of interesting. Like, this whole middle part uh, about the police and the serial killer and then, yeah, this, like, cop lady that they introduced, like, that stuff is just so boring uh, to me. It, it just feels like it's, like, not doing anything. It's just kind of plodding along to get to whatever... Yeah, the next thing is, but it's just, you know, I, yeah, like it, it, it's weird. Like, even though it's not a long movie, it feel, it felt really long, like while I was watching it. Um, but then, yeah, like when you sum it up, like, you know, you can sum it up really quickly, like in like one or two minutes, like, like if you think of all the scenes where the three cops are together, there's not a lot of them. Like you could really yeah. count them. And the, the wife character who like, you know, like she has the scene where she's mad at him for not, mm being there for her birthday on time mm-hmm. which just feels like it comes out of nowhere and then the next time you see her is when he wakes up in bed next to her and they start having mm-hmm. sex and then the very next time you see her is in the finale which we're about to get to like we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're barreling into it so yeah. lady cop and older brother go to a location where they believe the, the the original victim might have been killed and they find this like storage locker sort of area where this killer's been clearly working from he's got a lot of his victims photos on the wall and mm-hmm. there's one that's got a curtain over it and he pulls the curtain 
and it's his younger brother in bed with his wife and mm-hmm. the lady cop you know says holy shit and he turns around and starts beating the shit out of her head with the gun revealing mm-hmm. that older cop is in fact the perceptor <laughs> killer which uh i don't know about you but i knew this like the instant <laughs> the movie started <laughs> like uh, is extremely obvious to me like i mean oh, i don't know sure. maybe they weren't trying to go for like a big surprise or something but um yeah it was very uh like yeah th- there's no shock <laughs> or anything at all to it but even just the way that he, his brother figures it out it feels kind of stupid on his part because <laughs> he literally quotes something from the bible which when the brother looks up like the word perceptor is like <laughs> tied to it and he yeah, just kind of like figures out that from that yeah that's the thing you know that that thing we hate in supernatural movies where they do mm. the google search scene where they go the mm. research and we get all the zoom ins to all the little articles and things we get that mm. in this movie because he's looking up this passage and it like zooms mm. into the word perceptor and you're like oh no <laughs> so uh, yeah beyond stupid <laughs> it's, it's it's that's what gets me as well is the younger brother arrives at the scene he comes in and the older brother is like pointing his gun at him and he holds him at gunpoint and they talk for a little bit and then like he's called his wife clearly <laughs> off camera so the wife shows up as well <laughs> and he's like get in here you bitch and he like stand next to my brother and then eventually the younger cop <laughs> goes hey what happened to a uh, lady cop and <laughs> the killer goes he just sort of nods and looks down at the corner and younger cop, younger brother looks round and she's just lying there unconscious and I'm like, how did you not see her? <laughs> it's like a rectangle of a room. It's still she's round a corner. Like, mm-hmm. she's just there. Like, he somehow, in this entire standoff up until this point, did not see a woman just lying there potentially dead. I mean, we find out later she's not dead yet, but mm-hmm. she, yeah, I she's mean- but she'll, yeah. she'll, you know, she'll, she looks dead in the moment because he, he bashed her head in like, repeatedly. I, I guess I would say in his defense, uh, he is a really bad cop. <laughs> oh, the younger brother. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, That's what I'd you say mean. they both are. <laughs> his observation skills are uh, not, yeah. not, not amazing, yes. <laughs> uh, well, we can't really judge the older cop's uh, like, policing skills because technically he's faking it. <laughs> You know, yeah. she's the killer. You know, so he's he's intentionally not getting the clues. I'll yeah. I mean, I, I'll still deduct him points. Uh, points for you know being a killer because that's not something a good cop should do. Uh, uh, yes, I agree. Yes, so. fundamentally. <laughs> yes, uh, in any capacity, uh, but mm. certainly not um saw in seven levels of yes. grotesque <laughs> yeah. torture and statement. You know. So all all this is going down, and older brother's big plan, the killer's big plan, is to whip out a lament configuration that he got from earlier, and he makes his brother and wife open it. And he's he's mad at the wife because she was already cheating on him as soon as he left to go in the military. Uh, mm-hmm. And they open the box, and sure enough, Pinhead just comes casually sauntering in the door like it's nothing. Just like, <laughs> la-di-da. Oh, it's this Pinhead time, ladies. <laughs> And he comes up to to the older brother, and the older brother's like, I want to make a trade. Their life for mine. Which, by the way, that was also a big plot point in the last movie. Yeah. It was, it was the, the idea mm-hmm. of trading someone for uh, their life. Mm-hmm. And Pinhead's like, hey, like, I, you know, the, the, they opened the box. It's kind of, you know, that they'll be dealt with for doing that. That's, that's whatever. But... Mm-hmm. 
your beef isn't really with me it's with you know it's the main man it basically implying satan mm-hmm. like you know and that's who the demon lawyer works for is like it's not really me that's like, your beef's mm-hmm. with so i can't really do anything about that mm-hmm. um and you know the 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 woman uh, the wife gets ripped apart you know we get the classic chains come out ripped apart mm-hmm. side to side uh all completely torn apart the younger brother gets uh killed as well what is how does he die again does he does he just get like a chain through his chest or something yeah like... he gets stabbed with like a, a pole or a chain yeah, yeah from from behind it's kind of weird uh uneventful uh obviously the wife's mm-hmm. deaths because it's kind of that hell wizard death where her skin's ripped apart from either side think... is it's all right for what it is yeah i thought it was okay like i, I liked when yeah the skin starts to rip off and you kind of see like her, you know, the all the muscle and meat underneath it kind of like slide forward i was like it's not bad Joe, the ending here, what we're about to get to reminded me of a little mm-hmm. bit. It's not the exact same, and I'm not saying it's on the same level per se, but it reminded me a little bit of the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, where it was revealed that oh. the family's working for the government. <laughs> like all that <laughs> I can see that. Crazy shit. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. in walks a woman in a white suit who mm-hmm. very quickly, I think you could probably guess, oh wait, this is an angel. This is this is someone who oh. works for God. <laughs> this is is the opposite of what pinhead and this demon lawyer are this is someone who works for the big man Mm -hmm. uh, in the other direction and she comes in and says no you're not taking him to hell and Mm -hmm. he's he's like wait what he's a serial killer why why, why aren't we taking him to hell and she's like because uh we've decided that we want him on earth doing what he does and pinhead basically cynically deduces that Mm -hmm. God wants people to fear something like him so that it'll turn them to religion and turn them back to God. So mm-hmm. it's this kind of evil thing God's doing to actually like gain more followers. And mm-hmm. it all ends kind of in this laughable way because basically they send him back to Earth and immediately Lady Cop shoots him and kills him. Yeah. <laughs> which was admittedly a little funny. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I did get a little chuckle out of that. Uh, mm-hmm. And it cuts back to Pinhead and this angel and she's like, you knew that would happen, Pinhead, you bastard. <laughs> and he's like eh, what can i do i'm just pinhead uh, yeah. i don't make the rules uh, yeah the the thing's kind of weird is like it feels like if they wanted to have this kind of purpose or whatever for the angels like i don't know I, I feel like you should have a better type of serial killer because th- you know if the serial killer's mo is like he's killing people that are you know sinning or whatever I don't know, like, I I feel like that just, like, you know, would make people more be like, oh, screw that guy, you know, versus, like, wow, maybe he has a point. Maybe we should stop, like, we should be better well, people I, or whatever. I think the, 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 the logic behind it is that he's killing people who have sinned, so that's making other people not want to sin, because they, then they won't be potential victims. I don't know. It just feels so sweaty to me. Like <laughs> sweaty, <laughs> sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> just like you know, it's like trying too hard. It's you know overworking I... itself. It's reaching for something that I don't know. It's very stupid to me. There's something in the concept of this that I don't mm-hmm. necessarily hate. Obviously, I don't think it's you know done well here, um, mm-hmm. but I also don't think it belongs in a Hellraiser movie because I, I think this is. <laughs> really muddying up the lore of what Pinhead and the Cenobites are. Because even though mm-hmm. they came from a hell dimension in the first movie and they're there to like take you to another dimension where you're you know the, the pleasures are nothing you've ever well, experienced before. I feel like putting them in a very direct 
no, this is heaven and hell with a god and Satan and Pinhead's like like an enforcer helping out, like taking evil people for for hell mm-hmm. and like gods get angels walking around kind of like Cenobites who are influencing mm-hmm. things too. It just feels like it's it's putting it too much, you know, pardon the, the expression, it's putting it into too much of like a typical box that right, feels yeah. like it's, it's just robbing Hellraiser and Pinhead of all the mystique and charm that it has. Yeah, no, I absolutely hate this. Uh, I was trying to think of, like, if I could remember, like, which movie, you know, where they very, you know, explicitly started saying that, like, okay, this is hell. Because, yeah, like, the, the first movie, it I, I don't know if they ever actually say hell, but, you know, it, it always did seem more like, yeah, they're like these cosmic, like, demons from another dimension or, yeah. or something and and you know they even say like yeah you know in the first movie they have that line or whatever where you know they're asking like yo who are you or what are you or whatever and they're like you know we're like oh angels to some demons to others you know like i like that you know oh it's very ambiguous and it's not like you know you know they're, they're just not very typical the stereotypical christian you know kind of idea of demon in hell like that to me just really goes against um yeah, like, one of the things that was really cool and interesting and unique about the first one, like, just making them, like, more demons is just very boring. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Like I say, I think there's some conceptual things here about the politicking of God and Satan mm-hmm. and how they're managing things on Earth is mildly sure. interesting, but yeah. it doesn't belong in a, a Hellraiser movie. And, it, you know, and like I agree. More like, like, like mm-hmm. I have no idea if they said the word hell in the first Hellraiser. I'm 50-50. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it could be either one. But even if they did, just because they say hell doesn't mean literally the hell of the Bible, the right. hell of, you know, God versus yeah, Satan yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, or if it's like, you know, it, it might be okay if it is like the victim saying it's hell because, you know, they don't know what's happening sure, to them. Yeah, yeah. And the only concept they have is like, oh, this must be hell. You know, whereas like once you actually have like Pinhead being like, oh, did I piss off God? You know, like, or something like that. Like, it's like... And I just uh, that. We have this, like, this demon lawyer type dude who's, like, an administrator. He sits at a desk yeah, yeah. and asks questions. Like, call me crazy, <laughs> but that's kind of robbing the, the Cenobites. I know he's not technically a Cenobite, but even just putting the Cenobites in the same world as him mm-hmm. robs the Cenobites of, like, they have, like, like, diplomacy and, like... I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. it's all stewed to being really evil and stuff, but they still have some form of bureaucracy, which just feels yeah. wrong. Like, no. <laughs> like, the, like those ideas and that concept does intrigue me, but it's not what I want in a Hellraiser movie. Sure, yeah, uh, yeah. Essentially what it comes down to. It, it doesn't belong uh, with the Senate base. It, you know, there's probably another, you know, standalone thing you could do with this that is, that is interesting. Yeah. Um, a lot of this actually felt very like Constantine uh, to me, which is you know relevant mm-hmm. now because uh, we're getting a sequel. But Keanutine uh, returns apparently, yeah. <laughs> um, which hey, is strange uh, to me, but I'll take it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it feels like a lot more like something you would see out of that. Like even you know just like the entrance of the angel or or whatever, mm-hmm. like you know the lady in the white dress, just kind of reminded me of like you know at the end of like Constantine. Uh, when yeah, you know, I think like when you know Tilda Swinton or, or whatever like comes down uh, as an yeah. angel, like I don't know. Um, yeah, it, it's I I guess maybe I'll give it the tiniest of compliments that um, there's some interesting ideas and stuff here, but it just doesn't work 
there's some uh, to talk about which is movie. more than some of the last movies sure yeah so uh, you know do, do, so they send this killer back to to earth and immediately lady cop shoots mm-hmm. him and kills him which is kind of like darkly funny and we come back to pinhead and the angels moaning that you knew that would happen mm-hmm. and pinhead's like you're the one who tempted them out of the garden of eden so mm-hmm. you know if we get punished from her like it'll be a long time so you know what i'm just going to kill this angel and he puts <laughs> the ch- he puts the chains on her to hold her and but the one thing he does differently and i'm surprised pinhead's never done this in a movie before he starts taking out his own pins and like mm-hmm. putting them in her forehead so then by the time we finally see her she's got like a dozen pins just like scattered over yeah. her forehead um it's kind of cool but then the ending actually gets crazier where this obviously gets back to like god or the higher ups <laughs> and it gets back mm-hmm. to everyone else and the punishment for Pinhead and the demon lawyer and the Cenobites is that they have to become human again. So the end mm-hmm. of the movie is that they scream and there's like a bit of an effect. And then we're just in the streets of the city and we basically find in an alley where the camera finds a homeless guy who's got some Pinhead-shaped mm-hmm. scars. This bald guy, obviously it's the actor who played Pinhead in this movie. And mm-hmm. he just starts, like, he's just ranting about stuff, ranting about biblical stuff. And mm-hmm. the camera goes up and it fades to black. It, it gets me- like this. Is, this does kind of end the franchise. They've just turned Pinhead yeah. into a That's human. True, yeah. Not, not <laughs> that I would have been surprised if they did a little, an eleventh movie and just ignored this because this mm-hmm. franchise has ignored lots of things from previous movies. It's been very mm-hmm. inconsistent. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. we're getting a proper reboot, reboot. But this is. I mean, you know, uh, it was an ending. I'll give it that. <laughs> It feels like extremely rushed. Like oh uh, sure, Th- this movie yeah. does not feel like it's building up to the goodbye of Pinhead. Yeah, <laughs> not at all. Uh, what is kind of funny though is they, I, like it, it does uh, some of these like ideas and storylines. I feel like they've actually done in um, some of like the Hellraiser comics, and even Clive Barker wrote a book called um, I think it's called like the Scarlet Gospel or something where. He has like um one of like the main characters from his novels, uh I think it's like Henry Damore or something. Um I think he was he's one of the characters in uh, one of his movies like um maybe Lord of Illusions or something. Um but it's basically like a John Constantine uh character uh that Clive Barker has throughout some of his books. Uh actually goes up and like fights Pinhead in hell. Um so it's kinda interesting, like I, I I read that book like uh when it first came out and actually, unfortunately I, I didn't think it was that good. Uh, and I love Clive Barker, but it kind of felt like the most cash grabbiest thing that he's ever done. <laughs> because he, even he, I think, you know, I said before like you know, he, I don't know if he's a big fan of Pinhead, but it clearly wasn't supposed to be, you know, someone that was very important or a big character or whatever. So he's just clearly like, kind of you know making a writing a book about him to sell stuff, but. Um, the comics, uh, I actually do enjoy quite a bit and, um, there's definitely like, I remember there's been storylines where, um, like Pinhead actually does, you know, become a human again. And, um, if, if I remember correctly in the comics, I think like he becomes human and then, uh, Kirsty becomes like a Cenobite and then, of course, um, of course, yeah. that's what happens. <laughs> uh, and then I think like eventually like, so like they have to like, uh, some other people like the human pin uh pinhead i forget what his human name is but i think he ends up having to like team up with like people to try to take her down or, or something like that it's been a while since i read them i actually thought they were pretty good um 
Was this the but old yeah. comics from the early 90s, or was this like the 2000s no, like, boom stuff or whatever it is? Yeah, the, the boom stuff from okay. 2000s, uh, which I which I, I think those do have Clive Barker's name on it. Like, I, like he, I think you might get like a story by credit in the comics, okay. but I don't... That's one of those hard things, so it's like, eh, I mean, did he really have much input, or was he just kind of like, yeah, sure, I put my name on it, you know? <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, I've never read any of the comics. I mean, I'd, I'll be honest, I don't even know the word. They were comics. They're pretty under the radar, mm-hmm. I would say, as far as oh yeah, they're not tie-in comics yeah. go. The uh, so like the original like eighties nineties comics, uh, I actually think are really good, and those are neat because they're like more anthology mm. uh, type ones, which which probably works better, you know, because then you'll just have like random people like um interacting with uh you know the uh you know box and stuff and like i remember there's one like about a boxer um and then i, I think like the end of the comic was like you, you see him like fighting in a ring and then like kind of like pulls out and like the ring is the box uh and um uh, i remember mike mignola like drew a short story um and i feel like neil gaiman and uh actually even the wachowskis i think um wrote some of the oh, stories so uh yeah those uh early comics I actually think are really good and then uh, the Boom series, it was definitely more, you know, like, all right, let's actually do like an extended look at the mythology and kind of bring back characters and stuff. But uh, I thought it did it fairly well. Um, so it's I wouldn't say it's like must read, but it's better than all the sequels we've had since. Like, oh, 100 yeah. percent. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it's I, I think it's kind of what you would expect if you're like, um you, you know what it, I, I i think a good comparison would be maybe is like to the buffy comics where like mm. you know i think those are pretty entertaining but it's not like they're not must reads and they're not as good as the show you know by any stretch but like when you read them they're like yeah this isn't bad yeah yeah um i do think the first batch of angel comics were probably must read angel after the fall was really really good but so uh, yeah i don't think i ever read those were, were those the ones by peter david Don't think I, I, so. I don't think so. Okay, I I know we wrote Angel for a while, but um, yeah, it might have not been. Yeah, no, because the, the series kept going afterwards as an ongoing, and it was fine. But like the first like mm-hmm. 16, 17 issues was Angel after the fall, and it was kind of like a here's what happened right after the show ended because it ended in a sort of cliffhanger. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay, yeah. it was it was really good stuff. Um, oh, cool. But anyway, I have to track those down. Um, you know, I that was when it was IDW just for the record, just if you're looking for them. Although I'm sure okay. Dark Horse owns them again now, but like I don't know what the the release. Well, well now they have like the rebooted ones at Boom. Or oh, sorry, Boom owns them now, not Dark Horse. Sorry, yeah, I mixed yeah. up. But then, but Dark Horse did have them for a while, so yes, it's uh, yeah, that's uh, those comics are good. I mean, I haven't read all of them, but they it is like another comics thing where. Yeah, it isn't the easiest to get into. <laughs> like, and there's like seems like several continuities and reboots and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just I mean, just to get back to Hellraiser Judgment. We should probably rate right. the movie <laughs> yeah. and you know say say our, our final piece on mm-hmm. it. Uh, what are you going to rate Hellraiser Judgment? Uh, I'll give it a three point five. Um, I I don't remember what I gave like the last couple of movies, but I'm assuming those were in the twos because. They're just pretty wretched. Uh, so, 
the the nicest thing I can say about this one is that it's uh seems more competent than the you know those ones and uh slightly more you know like an actual movie and hey it has a few interesting ideas if unfortunately not really uh, executed uh that well but uh yeah I mean it's still committing you know the sins of these later sequels where yeah it it just uh at this point feels so far away from you know what made the first one so uh so good and interesting and unique and yeah i, I don't know why all of these uh, i mean i don't know if we go back and, and look at all the sequels if like there's not many of them are, are about cops but it feels like everyone is about a cop for some reason uh and uh starting with the you know the very bad fifth one which uh some people try to say is good but i don't know what's wrong with them no it's trash uh, <laughs> fifth one's trash uh yeah it's so bad and uh yeah and I, I feel like i i wonder if that one got like a little bit of success and that like they've tried to base a lot of like later sequels on that because this feels very much like in the vein of that movie uh you know, versus like trying to be like, you know, the first or second movie or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I hate it. I, you know, I, I don't, I'm just repeating myself, but like, yeah, there's nothing about it that's really good. Like, I don't really like the way it looks. I don't, I don't like the, you know, the characters, the performances aren't great. Like the, you know, even, even stuff like the sound and stuff like, you know, I didn't really <laughs> think it was particular. Like I was, uh, you know, like, uh, I, I had headphones in like listening to this and I don't know, some of the, just like, I don't know, just like random like uh noises and stuff uh I, I do not think we're good uh but yeah no i don't know I'm, I'm just rambling uh it's been a very long uh day and a long weekend for sure me, so sure i apologize but no this sucks i don't know what else you want me to say about it <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's absolutely garbage. Uh, I'll going to give it. Uh... Oh wait, was I supposed to throw up on you to? Uh, no, 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 no. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a three out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, it at least has a couple of wild ideas, and I don't actually think this suit Hellraiser, but at the very least, it gave me something memorable to talk about and say, "Hey, they did this crazy thing in it," uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to you know any of the recent ones. The only one that I guess kind of fits under the same. Uh, banner would be the eighth one which was the one with all the internet and video game stuff because that also had some crazy <laughs> stupid ideas on it as well sure yeah but even that one like when you talk about that one in theory it sounds like it should be more entertaining than it is like watching mm-hmm. it i still felt like was a chore but yeah like that one you kind of want want it to be more fun but eh. yeah so three out of ten for me not very good mm-hmm. uh laughably bad in fact in, in a lot of places mm-hmm. but not the worst the franchise has done and that's sure. you know yeah. the bar is incredibly low for that <laughs> statement but it that's where we are with it so we have finally wrapped up the 10 hellraiser movies obviously we got the new one coming which is yeah. actually a proper you got like a little uh achievement unlocked or something you should i feel like i should be like i feel like dimension or someone owes me money for mm. sitting through all this shit <laughs> uh but we do have the new one coming out next month and it for all intents and purposes, it's a big, you know, high-profile, mm-hmm. proper new release. Uh, obviously, they've they've got a we've got a female Hellraiser or a female mm-hmm. Pinhead, sorry, I should say. Um, and it feels like they're actually trying to make it an actual, you know, movie that people are going to see again. Mm-hmm. That's the, the impression I get. Will it be good? Because not you know, not every movie that's mainstream is good. Far from it, in fact. Sure, but yeah. at least 
that I mean, it trying to be mainstream is more than this franchise has done since the start of the nineties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that's worth something. I mean, there's there's people with actual talent involved. It feels like you know something that people are putting thought into versus you know something that's just a very blatant cash grab or. I mean, you know, uh, we, we joke you about to make something to hold on to the license, you know. Yeah, we joke about them doing the title reveal, but at least like none of these previous movies had marketing. Like they didn't have yeah. any type of hype at all. This this at least has people, you know, the, the, at the very least we're getting hype, hype things from Hulu or or mm-hmm. is it Hulu? I think it's Hulu. It's Hulu, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're getting little hype things from them. They're tweeting about it. There's you know, there's mm-hmm. at least trying some attempt to build some idea that hey, this can be one of the big horror franchises. Because it isn't really yeah. a big horror franchise, it's got a big original film, and then it very quickly goes down into just absolute trash. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like other franchises where there's a, at least a reasonable consistency after a certain point for a while. Yeah. This doesn't have that. So, yeah, I, I hope it's good. I, you know, it, it could very easily be the second best movie in the franchise without <laughs> even breaking that yeah. much of a sweat. I know some Hellworld fans are probably going to be mad at me for saying that. I, I, I did respect that movie more when we watched it for the show, but I still think mm-hmm. it's got problems, so... Yeah, you're talking about the third one? No, the second one, Hellworld. Oh, wait, no, that's... Third one's Hell on Earth. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think the second one is called Hellworld. It, it can't be. <laughs> oh, sorry, Hellbound. It's Hellbound. You're right. You're Hellbound. Right. Yeah, there right. it is. Yeah, Hellworld's like, <laughs> Hell like six or seven or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, I'm in Hellbound. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I, I like Hellbound, but yeah, it's definitely not. It, it, it's a step down from the first one for sure. Yeah. So the, the, the net is wide open. In fact, they could mm-hmm. have it be better than everything but the first one and it not even be saying that much. Because yeah, the bar yeah. is, I mean, the bar is not as low. But if you count the second one and the third one, mm-hmm. I would say, but mm-hmm. even then, it's not that high still. So, yeah, here's hoping. Here's hoping for a good movie next yeah. month. I'm looking forward to checking it out and see what they do with it. See how they sort of reestablish and reintroduce the concept to people. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's about a disgruntled cop who's got a dark side, I am going to be livid. Yes, <laughs> I'll be very upset. Uh, I- I'm, you know. Just judging by uh, the director, I believe it's David Bruckner, I, I think. That sounds right, yeah. Uh, I mean, just ju- judging by his other stuff, I, I think at the very least, yeah, you know, we can expect that this is going to be a pretty, you know, good-looking film. Like, a, you know, Ritual at, at Nighthouse, I, I both thought, you know, looked really great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I I really, really love the uh, Ritual. Um, we, we haven't reviewed Nighthouse yet, so I won't... Uh, you know, uh, give my thoughts on it too much, but uh, yeah, I I think just go, you know going off both of those, I think at the very least, um, you know, we're sure to get something that uh will have like a clear you know direction that will actually look like cinematic and have atmosphere, which is kind of the big thing I, I'm hoping for. Yeah, like, well, I I don't it, want Pinhead it, killing fifty people a minute, yeah. you know, like I would have that desaturated kind of like look to it because mm-hmm. we're trying to look like a movie. But yeah. we're, you know, that alone will not make like a movie. Yeah. So, um, we're yeah. not like making a movie uh, in like 2022 that's trying to look like a movie from like 2003. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, 
here's hoping the new one's good but mm-hmm. that'll pretty much wrap up uh our discussion here of hellraiser judgment uh mm-hmm. so of course let us know what you think of the movie and the franchise as a whole at this point because we're, no, we're now done we're, we're sure, finished yeah. uh barring the new one of course but uh, it's not out yet mm-hmm. so we're done for now so let us know what you think of the movie i'd say let's rank them but honestly i probably don't even think i can remember like half the sequels i mean it's like the first one i kind of like three I mean, more than two because i'm a weirdo mm-hmm. uh, i mean it, it it literally might just be like one two three four <laughs> five six seven eight nine ten i don't know like i mean no like the, the later ones would probably mix I mean, around I, a bit but yeah I, I, yeah I, I don't know if i remember them well enough to do it completely accurately but it's probably for me one three two four and then maybe this one or maybe eight first and then this one and then you've yeah. got five six seven and eleven which are just probably in that order <laughs> they're probably well, just in the order we of the haven't seen yet, but oh sorry nine i meant nine yeah <laughs> uh yeah yeah five six seven and nine are just kind of in that mm-hmm. order at the bottom yeah yeah probably right because for, for a while it did <sighs> feel like they were just getting worse each time yeah it really did um but there you go that is uh that is that uh you can of course let us know what you thought of the movie and the franchise in the comments like subscribe ding the bell for notifications all those things help you can also support us financially by hitting the super thanks button or of course get over to patreon.com slash tv and support us for as little as one dollar per month and getting some bonuses for your trouble including two extra things per month at the three dollar tier you get the bonus episode every month which is i was just reviewing a dumb movie like we do uh on a regular episode they're usually dumb B-movies. Not always, but usually. And then the other bonus you get, the $5 tier, is even more streams, which is a show where me and Tim just sit down and talk about all the different different horror movies we've been watching over the month. Mm. Uh, not for the show, and just sort of have casual little chats about them. Um, and that's, some, that's you know, sometimes how we catch up on some other things that we don't have time to review in the show, but also just random other old movies and stuff that we, we happen to check out and uh, talk about. Plus, Tim makes me do a horror quiz, uh, usually, at the start of that, so... Uh, it's a good mm-hmm. fun time it's a hit with all the patrons so if you want to check it out uh, oh is it <laughs> oh yeah they love it they love even oh, more cool. streams so uh well check it no out. one ever tells me they love it so <laughs> <laughs> so uh you know get get that and bonuses for the other shows we do over at patreon uh but any and all support is obviously very welcome and we appreciate all of it thank you once again for watching and listening we always appreciate it keep watching scary movies we will see you next time